All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Solid Saturdays, where we take a moment to have a casual conversation that flows from the heart of God. Listen, y'all, I get it. It's Saturday. It's the weekend. And you may be in your bed. You may be running errands or preparing to spend time with your loved ones. But since you are listening, since you chose to tune into this podcast, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sit at the edge of your seat and get ready to be inspired. Are y'all ready? All right, then, let's go ahead and dive in. All right, y'all. So I am back and I got to tell you, it feels so good. Listen, I know that I've been away for a while and I've been away due to a few things, but as I was away, I was seeing you guys, you were listening to my podcast, you were still listening to it. And I got to tell y'all how encouraging that is and how that was able to get me back in my place, knowing that there is still a need for what the Lord gives me to share with you all. Because I'm going to tell y'all this, with every episode, the Lord strategically tells me what you guys need to hear. So I'm so glad that the will of the Lord is being done. So yeah, I've been away and it was due to a few things. Firstly, One of the reasons why I was away, and this is no reason to be away for anything, but I was in a relationship. Yes, I was in a relationship and I was in love. And I probably will cover that in an upcoming episode. So stay tuned for that. And then another reason why I was away longer than expected was because I was very sick. So I recovered. I'm well now. But after I recovered, I became distracted with life, which kept me away even longer. Nonetheless, let this be known. I want you guys, because this is what I learned from this whole break, (laughs) unplanned break that I took. But I want you guys to remember this. Never neglect the things of God. Never neglect it. Because you know what happens when you neglect the things of God, when you get distracted? It feels like you're out of place. It feels like you're going backwards. And you're really not going backwards. You're being stagnant because you're not doing what God tells you to do. And honestly, you may be moving forward in different areas of your life. I believe that I was moving forward in different areas. But just think about if we are fully and totally and completely obedient to God, how much further could God have launched us into purpose? You don't have to be where you are. If God told you to do something, don't neglect it. Even if you walked away for a minute, don't neglect it. Get back to it. Always get back to it. No matter what life may blow your way, always get back to it. Because truth is, if God gave it to you, then you already have his approval for it. And that's another thing that keeps us from doing the will of God is that when we do it, and sometimes some of y'all, I don't know, maybe all of y'all, we don't know, right? But you may see the success that's coming from it and you may become fearful of that success and you step away from it. You don't know how you can continue to be successful. Listen, y'all, don't carry that weight on your shoulders. How can I continue to be successful? It wasn't by your own strength. By your own knowledge that you were successful in the first place. If it was the will of God, if it was something that God gave you to do, then the only reason why you are successful is because of God, period, because of God. So listen, if you think of like, how can I keep being successful? Keep on trusting God. Keep on depending on God. Keep on seeking God. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter six, actually, I believe Jesus says it right? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So your focus should always be on God. Seek 
God. And that's where your success lies. Psalm 1 tells us this. It says, meditate on the word of God day and night and you will be successful. We also see it happening in Joshua's life when he accepted the call of his life in Joshua chapter one, even in Deuteronomy chapter 31, before Moses died, I believe he was given instruction that if he meditated on God's word day and night, then he will always win. (laughs) Then he would be successful. It didn't matter what battle he faced. The promise was, is if you meditate on my word, you're going to be successful. And so many of you may be in a position right now where God has presented you with an assignment that you know you're going to have to fight for. Get this, Joshua knew he was going to have to fight when he was leading the children of Israel into the promised land. He knew that along the way, there would be battles. And I believe that's what made him fearful. But God said, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Meditate on my word day and night and you will be successful. Seek God first. And that's how you will keep on being successful. Don't stress it. Don't carry that weight. Don't let the enemy deceive you thinking that you're the reason for your success. Yes, do the work and you do have some ownership in the success that you see in your life. But ultimately, your success comes from God if it's a God thing. So it's really important that you get back up and do whatever the Lord has told you to do and do it now, because we are in a season that God is releasing and expediting things to get you to where you need to be and to get you to receive what he has promised to you. So I encourage you men and women of God, stay the course. And you know what? Expedition is normally triggered by how well you endure the trial. Expedition is normally triggered by how well you endure the trial or how well you embrace the challenge. So I want to ask you, how well are you enduring your trial? The Bible tells us in James, I believe, that we ought to count it all joy when we are faced with trials in our lives because it develops character. It develops patience in us. And so if I'm faced with a trial and the sole purpose of that trial is to develop me, Don't you know that you're being developed for something bigger than your trial? (laughs) Don't you know you're being developed for something bigger than your trial? You're being developed for what God is going to release to you next because God don't want you to fumble the ball, babies. Listen, if you come out of this trial prematurely, you're going to be given the same ball, but you may fumble it because you did not endure it. You did not endure your trial. You did not embrace your challenge. Stay the course. Get back to what God has given you to do and stay the course. God's got you. So anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about being trapped with self, being trapped with yourself. Now, we're not talking about being single, being trapped, being single. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being prideful. You're trapped in yourself because you're prideful. We're not talking about that. But this episode is meant to bring awareness to you. So let me tell y'all, I experienced the biggest breakthrough in my life. I experienced the most freedom in my life when I became aware of myself, when I became self-aware. And many people won't address this topic in the church because we're used to hearing about the routine things, prosperity, blessings, and how to survive. I mean, those are just some of the topics that we normally hear about in church. And I mean, no condemnation. Um, no, I'll just leave that there. But listen, people of God, can we get past that? 
Can we get past that? Can you teach me how to thrive in everyday life? How can I walk into my freedom and it be an everyday thing and not just when I'm at church? That's what people need to learn. They need to learn how to live and how to live free. If Jesus said that I came to give you life and for you to have it more abundantly, how come we don't see more people that are in the church that are Christian living more abundant lives, living lives that they conquer things, living lives that overcome, living lives that they are not overwhelmed by the territory that they live in, but they overcome that territory? Why don't we see more people like that if that's what Jesus came to do? We got to shift our focus. And that's really what we're talking about today is shifting our focus. I'm not just talking about church leaders, pastors, because I ain't going to come for them because we're all the body of Christ. So when one person falls, we all fall. And that's a whole nother episode. But anyway, we're just talking about all of us collectively shifting our focus and let us be more self-aware. What are areas in my life that I need to be developed? These cycles that I'm seeing daily How can I break those cycles that I'm now aware of? What are the little things on the inside of me, the little things, the crevices of my heart that I can address so I can break these cycles, these behaviors that I've learned? Because if we continue to have this routine of I'm only going to church to hear about these three things, prosperity, blessings, and how to survive then that's entertaining a cycle too. And that is not what the Christian life is about. Actually, when you look at it from that lens, the Christian life from that lens, prosperity, blessings, and how to survive, Christianity, it can be seen as very selfish because it's all about you. The result of how you're living revolves around you and not others when we're just focused on all those things. How is your life benefiting others? I don't know about y'all, but when I read the Bible, Christ's life revolved around how he served others. So how is your life serving others? How are you serving others? When people look at your life, how is it adding to others? And I'm going to tell y'all that serving takes sacrifice. So in order to get there, we got to remove our religious blinders and see the hearts of men for what they really are. You know what happens when we have religious blinders on? Then we look at people from a self-righteous point of view. You know, Matthew chapter seven, Jesus is talking about us not judging one another. If we judge one another, he says that we will also be judged because you're looking at somebody with a splinter in their eye when you got a whole log in your eye. So if you got a log in your eye, just y'all just travel with me, okay? If you have a log in your eye, then what that tells me is that your vision is limited anyway. So who are you to judge a person that has something that you say looks like a splinter? Think about that. We have to change our perspective. We got to shift our focus and we got to really see the hearts of men. Remove that log so you can see the whole picture. You can see their heart. And once you see their hearts, I pray that you are moved by compassion. Matthew tells us that Jesus was moved by compassion. This is in Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, when he fed 5,000. But I want y'all to get this. Read the whole chapter. Read the whole. The Bible says that we need to eat the whole loaf. Jesus was grieving when the miracle of feeding 5,000 happened. He had just found out about John the Baptist's death. And actually, his next step after finding out that John the Baptist had died and he was beheaded, murdered, whatever you want to call it, the Bible says 
that he withdrew from the crowd. He withdrew from the people to be alone. However, (laughs) no matter how much he wanted to withdraw from people and be alone, the Bible says that the people followed him. So what did he do when the people were following him? In the midst of him grieving, wanting to be alone, yet he still has people following him. What did he do? The Bible says he served. He served people. He served not having a chance to process what happened. He still served. His plans being interrupted, him wanting to be alone, he still served. And you know, recently, me personally, let me just talk about me. I've been slowing down and living life in the moment because you can't relive moments. You can remember moments, but you can't relive it. Y'all get what I'm saying? You can't relive it. So what we need to do is be present in every moment so that we can make the best of every moment. Because every moment we have the opportunity to impact somebody, whether it's in your family, whether it's at work, whether it's in your neighborhood, you have the opportunity. God gives us opportunities daily to be the light. Yet we choose to hide our light under the bushel because we are caught up in our own agenda. We are caught up in our own things. We are stuck in our own perspectives and what we want to do. So we miss it. We hide under a bushel. Hiding under a bushel doesn't necessarily mean that you are hiding. You can hide in different ways. When we think of hiding, we think about hide and go seek. I don't know about y'all, but that's what I think of. We think about hide and go seek. And so somebody need to come find me. But if people can't find you and you're present, meaning that you are physically there, but you're not emotionally there, you're not mentally there, that's still hiding because people need so much from you. But if you're not there fully listening to them and only thinking about what you need to do, then you're missing that opportunity. You're missing that opportunity. So I've been slowing down and living life in the moment. So what does that mean? I'm allowing my plans to be interrupted so that I can serve others based on the need. This is what Jesus demonstrated. Just think about it. If Jesus would have followed through with what he wanted to do upon finding out that John the Baptist was beheaded, I don't know. I don't know because I don't know God's plans. But would we be reading about Jesus feeding 5,000? Would we be reading about it if he ignored the people following him? Think about all the miracles that could have happened in your life if you would have just slowed down and realized or acknowledged the people that were following you. That's big, y'all. That's big. So I've been slowing down because I don't want that to happen to me. So what does that mean practically for me? That that means for me, not just passing my neighbor by when Holy Spirit urges me to speak to her. And even when I'm in a rush and pass her by, I slow down because I hear Holy Spirit say, no, she need to talk to you. So I say hi and I keep going. But then Holy Spirit says, no, go back. I go back and I talk to her a little bit more and give her my full attention. I'm saying her because I'm picturing one of my neighbors, but it can be any one of my neighbors, any one of my neighbors. And do you know how much healing that has brought to them? Just somebody listening Somebody giving them an ear, listening to them, and then giving them the word of God, if Holy Spirit says so. Because like I said, your presence there could just make the difference and Holy Spirit could speak to them. The key to all of this is just follow Holy Spirit. And not only does healing happen for them, but it also will happen for you. It happened for me. Seeing others healed heals me. And I know it will heal you too. 
Many of you may be asking God for healing. Well, I want to ask you this question. When is the last time you've been the bomb for someone else? And when I say bomb, I'm referring to the scripture that says that Jesus is the bomb in Gilead, meaning that he was the healing to that particular city. So when was the last time you've been the bomb, the vessel for healing, the highway, the pathway for healing for someone in your sphere of influence? When was the last time someone was able to experience Jesus through you and be healed? Seeing others healed will heal you. And this is really self-awareness. Slow down. We live in a fast-paced world, but slow down. You break cycles when you slow down. Other people experience breakthrough in their life when you slow down. You got to come out of your world and find out how your behaviors affect other people, how your behaviors affect your community. Ask yourself that. How does my behavior affect my community? You know something? Every day at about 12 noon, I go out to walk in my neighborhood. And I just walk in the parking lot. Whenever I do see my neighbor come out, and it's not as often as it used to be, she would tell me, she tells me, she's like, you know, I see you walking and I should be walking, but it's really nice to see you walking out there. There's nothing deep behind that, except that you never know when people are watching you because she's never outside when I'm walking, but she sees me walking. So she's watching me. So I want to ask you that. How is your behavior affecting your community? People watching you, and you don't even know that they're watching you. They're sitting in their home, their place of comfort, and watching you get in your car, watching you speaking to your grandkids, watching you speaking to your kids, watching you speaking to your spouse. They are watching you. How is your behavior affecting them watching you? There's just so much to unpack here, y'all. But I'm just say this. I'll say this. I pray that when you see others, you will feel compelled to serve. And if you are confused as to how you can serve others, then I want you to consider this. Once you see the hearts of men, what do you feel compelled to do? Once you really see a person in their heart, what do you feel compelled to do? What sparks ignite on the inside of you? This week, I want you to take a moment and slow down and let God reveal things about you. And when he reveals those things about you, I want you to embrace it. Don't become trapped in yourself. Hebrews encourages us to endure the race that is set before us. Hebrews chapter 12, and it says, Therefore, since we also have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and sin that so easily ensnares us or traps us or entangles us. It depends on the version that you're reading. And then it says, Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Another version says the author and finisher of our faith. Basically, our faith begins with Jesus and ends with Jesus. For the joy that lay before him or was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What this says to me, it's encouraging us to run our race and not get entangled by the simple things, the easy things that you can get entangled in, not get trapped by that. The easiest trap that you can fall into is the trap of yourself not being aware, being caught up in your belief systems that are contrary to the word of God. 
to how God wants us to live. Though That's the easiest trap because it makes sense to you because you were brought up in it. You were taught in it. You know it. It's familiar to you. That's the easiest trap that you can get in. And if Satan had his way or has his way, he wants to keep you in that trap. He wants to keep you in that thought process. You know, the Bible talks about us. I think it's in Psalms, but it talks about the fortresses of our minds. We have fortresses and a fortress in your mind can be likened to the pathway of your thoughts, belief systems. And that's why when we pray, we have to cast down imaginations. We have to break down fortresses and call those things out that is hindering us from enduring the race that is set before us. The Bible gives us in Hebrews, we read it. It tells us what to do and encourages us to do that. And then it gives us an example of Jesus who did that. He wasn't easily entangled or ensnared or anything like that, which is how he was able to endure in the midst of despising the shame. He was able to endure it. And now he's reaping the benefits. He's sitting in the promise that God gave him. God says that if you can endure it just for a little while, you'll be able to sit in the place that I always have planned for you to sit in. Being caught up in yourself is the easiest trap that you can fall prey to. Many lose endurance because their focus shifts from God to themselves and they fall into that trap. It's a trap, y'all. Don't fall prey to it. Walk in freedom. Your freedom is choosing to keep your eyes on God because you know it is a choice to keep your eyes on God. So I encourage you to keep your eyes on God. That's the message for today. You want to break out of or not fall into the trap of yourself? Keep your eyes on God. So let's pray, y'all. So, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We honor you and we bless you. God, you're just an amazing God. Lord, you continue to perform miracles day after day, time after time for us, Lord. And God, even the little miracles that we really don't acknowledge all the time, we're taking this time right now just to say thank you. Thank you for the miracle of life. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for being our defense. Thank you for being our rear guard. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you, Father, for healing us. Thank you for all the things that you have done. Thank you for keeping our minds clear. Thank you for being our healer. Thank you, Father, for fighting for us, Lord. Thank you for everything that you have done for us. And Father, right now, I lift up my brothers and sisters that are listening to this episode. Those that are under the sound of my voice, I lift them up to you, Father. And I pray right now that you will strengthen them for the race that you have set before them. I pray, God, that their eyes would be open, God, to the different cycles of their life, God, the different things that keep them bound, Father. Open their eyes, Father, in Jesus' name. Remove the scales, even as you remove the scales from Paul. I pray that you'll remove the scales from them. And I decree and declare that they will walk in newness. This day forward, they will walk in newness, Father, in the name of Jesus. They will see things differently. They will speak things differently. They will move differently. Their behavior will be different in the name of Jesus. And God, as you establish the newness in their lives, Father, I thank you, God, that they will begin to feel restoration and receive restoration in their body, Father, in their families, in their communities. Father, start the work in us, Father, in the name of Jesus. We declare revival to begin first in us, God, and that we will spread it abroad as we 
we become renewed, as we become revived, as we become restored. Father, we thank you that what you're doing in us will spill out into our families, our households, our communities, our spheres of influence. It will spill out and overflow into their lives. God, thank you for what you're going to do in this time and this season. And thank you even for expediting the work, God, and the process, God, that you have us in. Father, I pray for strength that they would not get distracted, God, in this time, but that they will remain focused, God, on the assignment that you have before them. It is in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, thank y'all so much for joining. I hope that you received that prayer and I hope that you were inspired by today's message. And because we serve such a loving and faithful God, you know, that gives me confidence that you were inspired. So you know what that means. I have no doubt that you will surely have a solid Saturday. See you all next time.